Good morning, everybody. Is everyone doing? Good. Good. Come on, Luke. Luke, right? Yes. Cool. So we have some friends here. Some of you may know this is Luke, the first time I'm meeting Luke. But Luke came with Ben, and some of you may have met Ben years ago, Robert Morris uh, University that was around back back at the beginning. Uh, Jasmine Tate, Marvin, Jesse, and Evan, all those, all those crew. Was around for some themes on broad worship. That's right. That's right. Um, you have a friend, Luke. What's it? Smalls. Smalls. What's up, man? Good to, good to see you. Uh, and then John has a friend, Matt, right next to me. So, Matt, I'm glad you're here. Um, found out Matt from Sierra. When, how long have you known Sierra? A long time. A long time. <laughs> like, Matt knew Sierra, like, Nevada a long time, right? 2002. 2002. Wow. Wow. That's crazy. So, anyway, good to, good to be together this morning. Um, a couple things real quick. So next week, on Sunday, we plan on meeting at my house. And it's the last Sunday of the month, so we plan on doing something. Um, in terms of, we will, depending on, how do you think you'll be around for Sunday and you would want to come for worship? Yeah, you're not quite sure if great. If you even think it's possible, raise your hand, okay. It's awesome. Okay, cool. So we will... Um, we're gonna be doing some. We're gonna be. We will read the Christmas story together, and and worship, and we'll see what other great things God has for us. But I would say, um, Adrian and I were talking. We will check with um, and see how many people are gonna be here. Whether we're gonna do like more of a potluck thing, or whether we'll just get like some fruits and some cinnamon rolls. But we'll plan on doing brunch. Like we will eat before we do like worship next week in front of the fireplace. We plan to be a fire in the fireplace. So let's pray that it's not 70 degrees, right? So let's pray for that. All right. So we'll be reaching out to you if you're not going to be here in town um, or if you're going to be doing other things with your family. Blessings to you. Um, this is one of those times where it's good for us to remember um, how we connect as church and just let's be loving and supporting and encouraging each other. For some of you, Christmas is an amazing time. For others, it's really difficult and challenging. So I'll just check in with people. Must be loving each other, walking together. All right. Um, I wanted to do something just conversational this morning um, for our, our work time together. And and last week we actually split up into some groups. I'm hoping we're going to do that today and just take some time to focus on some some scriptures. But one of the things that I think that is incredible about this time of year is recognizing the power of of God's word. So. Some of you were sitting back in that group last week. You're reading a psalm about God's voice. And John, Mike, or Sierra, one of you talk about how powerful God's voice is and what happens. I'm going to go to John here. He's going to give us his uh, commentary. Can you keep that mic out here? We'll pass it around. The voice of the Lord is so powerful that it causes deers to go into labor. <laughs> what else does it do, John? He's got a woodman shirt on over there. Some of you guys are, some of you guys have done some woodman work. Are trees known for being uh, particularly soft? No. No, healthy trees are not soft, right? So like the voice of the Lord can like make a deer go into labor and strip the forest. 
That's how powerful God's voice is. And in this time of year, I think it's really interesting to think about all the things we said about Jesus before he comes. You know, so if you, depending on if you Google it, so can someone Google real quick, how many prophecies did Jesus fulfill when he came? Let's Google that while I'm, while I'm, while I'm talking. Um, when you think about it, it's incredible to think about the voice that can like strip the forest and make deers go in, make deer go into labor, right? Chose to speak over a long period of time about something. How many of you have ever, either from God's word, you've, you've seen something in God's word, and like, wow, I gotta, I gotta do that, or you've received a prophetic word and you thought because it was clear it was gonna happen immediately? Mm-hmm. Right. Listen, the, all of creation hangs on the coming of Jesus. Before the foundation of the world, the Lamb was slain. And I want to draw out this morning some, some of those promises, but I want us to think about the promise. I want us to think about the promise. Can anybody look up how many scriptures were, or how many prophecies were fulfilled? Yes, please, thank you. This says one scholar found 574 verses in the Old Testament that reference prophesying. One prophet found 574. I think it was like maybe three or four years ago, Gabe did an a Advent uh, series for us. And he shared that like if you filled the whole state of Texas with like silver dollars stacked next to each other and up to, I forget exactly how deep it was, but it was like, it was, it was deep. Like that's the odds of one person fulfilling all of those things. Right? It's like crazy. It's like out of proportion to think about what it looks like. So I want us to just, before we, before I start passing out scriptures this morning, what are some of the, the prophecies that you are aware of that Jesus fulfilled when he came? Let's just call out some. He would spend time in Egypt and he would be born of a virgin. Those are, those are two of them. The crucifixion. Bethlehem. He would come from the line of David. I was going to say that one leads to, he's coming, he would come from the line of David. And he would come from the line of David and he would inherit David's throne. Yeah. Right? Any other ones you can think of? The Spirit of the Lord would rest on him. The Spirit of the Lord would rest on him. Anything in the others? Noah's Ark. What's that? Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark. Talk about that. Uh, it's, it's a shadow. It's a shadow. And Jesus is boy. We we didn't, I didn't even think about all the shadows in the Old Testament that we could get into, which Hebrews talks about. All right, so these are not just nice, these shadows are not just nice analogies. These are things that God did in purpose to point to the coming of Jesus. Can you think of any other Old Testament prophets' shadows that, that came to let us know about Jesus? The lamb being slain? Yeah. Isaiah said, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. You know, 
And the government, yeah. Mm -hmm. Isaac, Abraham's son, being almost slain. Yep. Messiah being pierced. Casting lots for his garments. Yep, casting lots for his garments was Old Testament probably. What, what, you remember the stories about Elijah and Elisha? Right? Before the coming of the great one, Elijah would come. And so Elijah comes, and it's kind of crazy. At the end of that story, Elisha, who is his assistant, walks with him, and what Elijah asked for or what Elisha asked for is a double portion of, of the Spirit was on Elijah. So then it happens, and I don't know, I mean, you guys understand that everything that happened in your lives, we don't have all of the records recorded, right? You understand that? Uh, we have like the Sports Center version of it. It's very, very small. You know, you can get the whole game in 45 seconds, which I think Abby would love, right? That would be great. Why do we need to watch three hours? You can just watch a minute. That would be great. So we have Holy Spirit-selected highlights. But of the Holy Spirit-selected highlights, Elisha did exactly twice as many miracles as Elijah. And Elijah was an important thing because the spirit of Elijah rested on John the Baptist. Right? And John the Baptist came in. Jesus, what did Jesus say about John the Baptist? He was the greatest born among women up until that point. But now a new age had come. Now there was an age where the kingdom of God, what Isaiah prophesied about in Isaiah, well, that's, that's where he would prophesy. <laughs> It'd be weird if Isaiah prophesied in like Deuteronomy or something. But, but he prophesied in chapter um, 9. Um, it happened. A child was born and the government was put upon his shoulders. Pretty incredible. Right? So I want you to think about, is there any other... Things that's just like big ones that stand out to you, you think like, man, what's other things that were foretold about Jesus? Yes, John. John the Baptist John the Baptist was foretold, and then John the Baptist was a foreteller. Right? So let's keep all of this here. We're just gonna kind of keep this in this this cloud over here of things we're talking about today. Let's talk about how you feel when you re either read something in God's word or you receive a prophetic word or you're praying and you perceive God saying something. Why do you think it's so natural for us to think it's going to happen right now if it's God? So we get excited in that moment, this is good, yeah. but then if it doesn't happen right away, we can feel disappointed. How many of you ever felt disappointed because you believed something and it didn't happen when you thought it would happen? Yeah. <laughs> I would like to present to us this morning, and I just as we've been going through scriptures and talking about like, the kingship of Jesus, the, the, the thing I would like to highlight this morning is like the, the value of the promise. But the fact that the promise, the one who promised is greater. 
from the promise itself. There's value in his word. His word is so powerful, it can strip the trees and send a deer into labor. But on purpose, for hundreds and thousands of years, there's things that he has said that have not been completely fulfilled yet. Do you know one of God's most frequently used names in the Old Testament? It's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Luke, pick a grandpa, any grandpa. What's, what's one of your grandfather's names? <laughs> Come on, five, Bob. Uh, grandpa Dave. Grandpa Dave. All right, so Grandpa Dave. Who's Grandpa Dave, the father of? Mom. Okay, so Grandpa Dave is the father of Mom, and then the grandfather of Luke. So think about what it would be like if in your own life, or if we just focus on Luke's life right now, we had so much confidence that the, the God who spoke to Grandpa Dave, even if I haven't seen it happen in that many generations, is still worth following. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob had some sons, right? And in Jacob's life, they went to, in his lifetime, they went to where? Where did they have to go during the famine? That he would eat. Do you remember how many years they were in Egypt? 430, is it? Come on, man. Ben, like, here we go. Yeah, it's in the 434-40, yeah. Okay, think about that. So you got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. Everybody say Joseph. Joseph. Plus 430 years. You remember what Joseph said when he's getting ready to die? He said, okay, my great-grandfather got this promise from God. You know your great a great grandfather's name? Great grandma. A great grandma. So if you just think about a great grandma, my great grandma got a promise from God. And he is so faithful that when I die, I'm so convinced it's gonna happen. I want you to take special care of my bones. So that when God fulfills his promise, you can take my bones with you. Do you realize that that length of time would be twice as long as the United States has been a nation? And that's how sure Joseph was of the one who promised. And we can see in the fulfillment, like the, in the God who beats the odds, right? In the God who, who becomes flesh and dwells among us. We can see in the one who, if we stacked the whole state of Texas with silver dollars and we pulled one out of all the stacks, like the, the odds of one person fulfilling all those 500 plus prophecies, he came true. He fulfilled his word. And so for the, it's important for us to understand that what we are building our lives on, when we build our lives on the life of Jesus, we are building our life on a solid, trustworthy foundation 
The God who speaks, speaks to us. The one who can strip the forest with his voice wants to commune with you. He wants to abide with you. He wants to listen to you and he wants you to listen to him. But his record, his trustworthiness is not about what you've experienced in the last six months or what we've experienced in the last three years. He's with us. He is both eternally, he is he has eternal perspective, eternally uh, present, right? And he is also here with us, Emmanuel, God with us now. It's not one or the other. He's not the uh, master clock, uh, clock winder up in heaven who just started creation and walked away. He is love. And he has given himself to us. Right. So we want to take a few minutes and want to split up. And let's, let's split up into maybe four groups today. So can you guys do that? We'll split up in four groups. I'm going to give out a couple of scriptures uh, that we can go through. And last, last week I made some people upset because I gave too much scripture. I did that on purpose last week. Uh, I just wanted to illustrate that like that we're not going to run out of material. We're not going to run out of material. God's word is good. And if we just spend, we could spend the next three years just studying the majesty of Jesus. And we would be like, we're just at the beginning. We're just at the beginning. But today I'd like for us to take a little bit of time and focus on a couple of the different aspects of, of what God says about him, right? And then also um, what it looks like for us to be doers of that. Okay, we don't want to be just hearers only, but doers of the word. So why don't you guys go ahead and break up. I'm going to let you guys break up into your own groups. I'm not going to do that for you. Um, so someone's going to have to move and help define your group, and then we'll, I'll pass out the scriptures, okay? As a Messiah, I think other would like to share. John the Baptist, like literally quotes a prophecy in Isaiah 40. Um, he just says, I am the voice shouting in the wilderness, free away from the Lord's coming, which is, I like what he says in Isaiah 43. As you were reading the scripture you were thinking of, you thought of other passages and other places that also spoke about other things. So you had Genesis. Did anybody else have other passages you thought about outside of your specific passage? Did I hear did I hear Lee talk about Jeremiah back in the back? Yeah, Jeremiah. And I think I heard somebody over here, uh, maybe Ben was talking about another passage as well. So this is one of the things if we can just understand. Reading, reading God's word, like we can get smart in God's word, but the point is not to make us smarter. The point is to lead us deeper into knowing him. And as we read his word, because his word is alive, it will often spark things that remind us of other places, right? And so we see those breadcrumbs and we begin to follow those breadcrumbs to lead us further into like knowing him and being encountering him. Yes, Carl? So I said there's one very important portion John 1, where it talks about the Lamb of God, which goes straight back to Exodus and the story of the Passover. And uh, we see the type of the Passover lamb and putting his blood over the door. And 
Very clearly, John is showing Jesus as the Passover lamb who took away the sins of the world, just as the uh, Passover lamb back during the Exodus took away the sins of the family and allowed him to be rescued. Uh, okay, now our Hebrews crew. So they have Hebrews, a little bit of Hebrews 9 and 10, and then beginning of chapter 12. Um, so the thing that struck me the most, well, other people share what struck me, uh, <laughs> was that it talks about, like, the old sacrifices back in the Old Testament, and the priests having to go in, and the blood of the bulls, and the rams, and lambs, and all the things. Um, and at the beginning of Chapter 10, it's talking about how it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, they not would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshippers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins. But in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. And that just really struck me that before, like, the sacrifices didn't actually cleanse you of your sins, they just reminded you that you had them, versus with Jesus, it's like, not a reminder that I'm sinful, it's a reminder that I'm not sinful and that I'm completely cleansed. And that, yeah, that's true. Yes, Colton. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Come on, Mom. You have to use the mic for it to be heard. You hold it up close to your mouth like an ice cream cone. Oh, okay. Sorry. As it is appointed unto man once to die, after that's the judgment. But then the good thing about it is that it continues on and it tells us that Christ came. And he made the sacrifice, and so we don't have to make that sacrifice. It goes on to say in chapter 10 that uh, priests can make the sacrifice, like Katie said, priests can make the sacrifices every day, but that doesn't do any good. And it says they don't take away sin, but it's Christ. Yeah. Any of the rest of you have anything to share? It's, it's so important that we get right. So I, I want you to, I want you to think about this. Um, everybody, real quick, we're gonna we're gonna finish real quick. So look at Hebrews 11. Look at there's one verse in Hebrews 11, and then one verse in chapter one. And our, there's gonna be a, a short call to action here. But I think we can be out of here in five 
minutes or less. You can time me on that, right? Ready? Verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to, to please God. See, what, what happens is, is when we hear something from the Lord and we think, that, oh, it's going to happen right now, that doesn't require faith. But to actually put our trust and lean on him, even when we don't see the fulfillment of it, that is faith. I'm continuing to walk by something that is not what I'm seeing. I'm walking by something that is what is in the promise. Keep reading there in, in, in uh, Hebrews 11. Um, Without faith it's impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is. All right? He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So there's a, there's a part of us, like us pleasing God happens here again. This is coming out of chapter 9 and 10. Us pleasing God happens through Christ and through what he's already done. I love what Romans 8 says. Romans 8 says God did what we could not do in Christ, Right? In his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, he, is, he ever lives to make intercession for you now. But when we face storms around us, our, our, is our hope anchored in him? He, those who come to him must believe that he is. I think we would say we believe there is a God and that he is the rewarder. He is the reward and he is the rewarder of those who can keep coming after him. Right? So the goal of something like today, where we're talking about some things we get to the Word, one is, I believe it's important for us to be activated. I hope, my, my prayer is like, you know, uh, like what we were talking about before we split up into groups, I hope that was beneficial for you. But I believe if we can be practicing getting in the Word, reading the Word, hearing from other people. How many of you heard something from someone in your group that you didn't know or that struck you as important? Right? I know how important it is for all of us. I heard Monica say something that was really important. It's important not only for you to hear Monica, but it's important for Monica to practice activating that word coming out of her mouth. It's really important for us. I really want to encourage you in that. Turn back to Hebrews chapter 1. We're going to read one verse, and I'm going to give you this little call to action. This is talking about Jesus in verse 3. And it says about Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory, the express image of his person. The book of Hebrews is, the book, is a book about Jesus. Here's your call to action this morning. It's good for us to think about the promise of who Jesus is. For some of you, you are contending for things in your family. You're contending things with like what you believe God has called you to in terms of ministry or like what's in front of you. But all of that is centered upon who he is. The, 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 the part of God, your destiny that God is most committed to is you becoming more like his son. If you are not right now engaged in something actively in the word, I would love to invite you to take the next couple of weeks and really dive into the book of Hebrews. Okay? How many of you have coffee every day? Raise your hand. Awesome. Hebrews, right? So... <laughs> 
if you can get into a daily habit, so if you have coffee every day, if you have like you know water goals or whatever, something you do, if you can just take some time, and if you are not engaged, I would love like if you'll let me know, I will I'll do it with you, right? We can just pick a few chapters and read it a few chapters at a time, and just really get it into us. And even if you're reading something else, if you'll take fifteen or twenty minutes, we can do Hebrews together because Hebrews is a book that unveils the fulfillment of Jesus to the Jews. It's written to the Jews, those people who had all those prophecies given to them. And if you feel like, I'm not asking you to commit to the next three months, I'm just saying from like now to the end of the year, we can just take in Hebrews and spend some time meditating on it. So for those of you who are here, if you want to be a part of doing this, let me know afterwards, and we're just going to go through Hebrews, because it says he's the exact, he's the express image of God. Let's stand up, we'll pray, but like, I want to fall in love more with him. I want to grow deeper with him, right? And so as we focus this, you know, it wasn't like a series we talked about doing, but we kind of focus on receiving the kingship of Jesus. My prayer in my own heart, my prayer for our church family is that we would see the majesty of Jesus unveiled in his humility, in his humility, one of my favorite verses in, in the whole Bible is in John. It says, we have received of his grace. Of his grace we have received. Strength upon strength, right? We, that's not on me. It's not relying on Brad's reservoir. It's of his fullness that we're receiving. It's of his fullness we're receiving. So I'm inviting you to read Hebrews with me. If you want to do it, we'll, we'll get texted and we'll, we'll do it. I'll, if we can get together for, if, in person if we can, but we'll go through it together. Let's pray and we'll get out of here. Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your life. Thank you for your coming. And I pray that, God, you would be, um, I just pray for any places in our hearts that are asleep, any places in our hearts that are not fully awake and alert and quickened, fully alive to your presence. God, would you come and would you draw us after you? God, we pray what is said in, in the Song of Songs, you would draw us after you that we would run together. God, we know that it is not on us. It is, it is your life that in you we live and move and have our being. But we ask you to draw us after you that we would run with you and cooperate with you. Receiving your kingship and representing, representing you to uh, each other and to the world around us. God, pour out your blessing on your people. In Jesus' name, amen.